Welcome to Radar Contact by Fox ATM, the podcast for the air traffic management community, bringing global ATM on your radar. You're identified. Welcome to one more episode of Radar Contact. For this episode, we will go far north and uh, far west. Uh, we will uh, go to Iceland and discuss ATM systems with uh, our guest today, who is Celia Goodmonstotia. And Celia serves as business management director for Turn Systems. Celia, welcome to Radar Contact. Thank you, Vincent. Good to be here with you today. Before we go into systems and um, all what you can offer, can you just uh, say a few words about your career path so far? What's basically what brought you and, and how did you come in that position with Turn? Yes, uh, I've always had a, a, a I've been an, an enthusiastic person regarding uh, air traffic and and uh, just the aviation business from from uh, a very young age. I started to uh, learn how to fly when I was seventeen, and uh, I was uh, I took my private pilot license when I was eighteen, and uh, but then my eyesight wasn't good enough to to continue to become a commercial pilot. So uh, I went into university and studied engineering. But uh, during the summers, I used to work for the Civil Aviation Administration here in Iceland uh, as a, as an, uh, I think it's called um, controller assistant. So I was back in the, those days printing out flight strips and uh, uh, correcting flight plans, etc., for the air traffic controllers. Uh, after that, uh, then this company, Turn Systems, was founded in 1997, and I started here in 98. Uh, so that was the I was a summer student here working for over the summer of 98 and starting full time from 97. So, so we're talking about last century here, <laughs> long time ago. Uh, and yeah, so I've been here almost 20 years because in 2007, I decided to try something else. And a lot was happening in the banking industry here in Iceland. And I wanted to uh, take part in that, which was a terrible decision <laughs> because uh, that went not good. So, uh, but I stayed uh, close to the banking industry until 2011 when I came back to turn systems. Uh, I just love this industry. Uh, there's just so much going on. And uh, so uh, almost 20 years here with, with turn systems. That, that's brilliant. I like that. And I really like these kind of, of characters, probably because I'm one as well. But that, that's a different discussion. Um, so as you said, Turn is, is based in Iceland. And um, obviously, you provide systems for the local NSP. Can can you dig in a bit in the the differences between ATM in Iceland and, and maybe continental Europe? Obviously, you have oceanic, but you also have probably a lot of impact of winter operations and, and things like that. So what makes ATM in Iceland maybe a bit different than anywhere else in the world? Yes, maybe just to start with uh, the fact that Turn Systems is owned 100% by Isavia ANS, which is the ANSP here in Iceland. And uh, when Turn Systems was funded, it was funded, uh, it, it, it started as a project within the University of Iceland. So uh, it, it comes from the roots of uh, university studies and uh, then it has evolved over the years. But, but the focus has always been just to bring value to Isavia ANS and to other ANSPs. So that is the main drive for everything that we do. And, and uh, and we've been working very closely with uh, the end users, and that's one of our strengths and, and why we kind of love what we're doing. Um, we're just 
always working with the end user in mind and, and just making sure that we're bringing value in everything that we do. And, and for Isavi, I and to have a company like Turn Systems because, uh, as you mentioned, the operations here are, are a little bit different, at least from continental Europe. Isavi ANS manages this uh, very large airspace, which is uh, mainly uh, oceanic airspace. And they're managing a lot of the traffic flying every day from Europe and over to North America. So like a large portion of that traffic flies through the Icelandic airspace. And, uh, and throughout the years, this has been um, a little bit different, as you mentioned, from the continental Europe. But um, we are, though, getting closer because uh, with new technology like space-based ATSPs, the, the operations here in Iceland are, are moving from being procedural to more tactical. And that brings uh, a lot of opportunities going forward for, for Isavia. And um, yeah, so we've been just supporting them in, in every way that we can. And uh, then back in 90, um, no, it, it was in uh, 2006, then we started to look at maybe uh, other markets as well. And uh, we've been taking this model that we have with uh, Isavia ANS and, and bringing that to new partners, both here in Europe and, and also in, in other continents like uh, Southeast Asia and Africa. Um, regarding if, if this is different from, from others, yeah, probably when it comes to this large oceanic airspace, but it's not like it's the only oceanic airspace in the world. I think what makes us term systems at least a little bit different is this close collaboration that we have with, uh, with our partners. Uh, and I think we work differently than, than other solution providers in the domain. Thank you for that. Just speaking of space-based ADSB, so Arion has been bringing that to the market for, for a few years now. Where do you stand with that? Are you, do you have it in operation or are you still in development, in validation, or is it a done thing for you? So from a so, system point of view, the, the development is done or is it still in progress? No, the development is still in progress and the Savia ANS is on a journey to uh, move from the tactical uh, procedures, no, sorry, from the oceanic procedures to the to a more tactical uh, approach. But, but this, of course, takes time because there's a lot of both system development that needs to take place. And also just um, it brings new procedures and you need to train uh, air traffic controllers and, and others. So this will be a journey, but, but uh, it's, it's a very exciting one. And uh, it brings a lot of opportunities to, to future operations. Indeed. Um, so your, your ATM system is called Polaris, but that's um, uh, kind of a code name for the latest version. But your system has a much longer history than that. Uh, can you tell a bit more about um, where it comes from? You mentioned the university work before. Um, so where do you come from? What are the parts of the system and how do they interact and, and, to, and work together? Yes, Polaris, which is our flagship product, and we are really proud of, of what we're doing in, in Polaris. It, it's based on uh, years of development. And we started, as I mentioned, back in 97. And, but Polaris, the predecessor of Polaris, we used to call that TAS, which mainly stands for Turn ATC Solution, not very original. but. Uh, um, that is operational in over 10 airports in Southeast Asia, both uh, uh, civilian airports and military airports, so both for approach and tower operations. 
Uh, it's also operational here in, in Iceland for, for Keflavik Airport and the approach around Keflavik and Reykjavik. But now we are on the journey of um, bringing more ACC op, uh, capabilities to Polaris. And, and we've been working now for, a, for the past two years in very close collaboration with both Hungara Control and Disavia ANS because Polaris will be the, the next operational system here in Iceland but then it will serve as a backup system uh, in Hungary. And, uh, and we work very closely with uh, air traffic controllers, both in uh, Atangara Control and Isavia ANS to bring, um, to make sure that what we're developing has, uh, has, the, has the best value for the, for the users. Yeah, that, that's very important indeed. And I've seen that a couple of times in my careers that people working very close to the operations um, gets much better results. And you also mentioned Asia, and I just wanted to ask you how is the difference uh, between operations in, in Asia and in Europe? I can imagine the, the state of mind and the, the mentality can be a bit different, even if air traffic control remains the same thing. I mean, it's five miles, 1,000 feet, but there are certainly differences and probably you have a few nice stories on that. There are, of course, differences, but, but people is everywhere people, and, and we just love to work with, uh, with uh, people from different cultures and different countries. Uh, um, I think that what has brought me the most pleasure of, of meeting um, air traffic controllers and maintenance personnel from Indonesia and South Korea, mainly. We also have two airports in Thailand. But uh, for me personally, I, I worked a lot with, and I, I have great friends actually in uh, in Indonesia. And I remember the first project that we uh, deployed and installed was in Balikpapan, a, a city in, in Borneo. And that was back in 2012. Uh, a few months later, after the installation and training and everything was operational, they called me and told me that they actually named a, a waypoint after me. So there is a waypoint in Indonesia that is called Silja, and I'm just really proud of that and, and has always brought me much joy to, to remember the, the great people that we worked with. Um, of course, there are, there are time differences and, and a little bit of cultural differences, but uh, overall, it's just been great joy. <laughs> That's brilliant. I love the idea of having your own waypoint. And I guess you can fly over it sometimes when you when you go visit them. Um, but coming back to the systems now, so it obviously covers airports, approach, um, centers, and, and oceanic. So you have the full panel of all possible AC, ATC operations, right? Yes, that is the the current uh, roadmap that we're working after. So so there is a roadmap, of course, in place, and we are adding capabilities to Polaris, uh, just at this moment, we are actually um, undergoing SAT, the site acceptance testing at Hungara Control for, for the latest release of Polaris. But then you will also see in the coming years, you will see a, a lot of uh, new features added to it. And, and, and that's also what this new technology, because now we have re-engineered the, the major components of what used to be TAS and is now Polaris with a new flight data processor, a new UI, a new safety net server. I think we're going to see a lot of um, new development uh, being added quite 
rapidly, actually. And, and I'm just very excited about the future to be able to see. And, and, and I'm also uh, excited to be able to show this to everyone that wants to see during uh, Geneva next March. And, and we, we will, of course, be there to uh, demonstrate this flagship of ours. That's really nice. Is there cases where you see features developed specifically for one user or one of your customers that go to another one or are specific things always specific and remain specific? It goes goes both ways, actually. So, uh, of course, there are always some specific demands. And, and uh, although the basics of air traffic control is, is maybe similar, there are always some different if we can say flavors or, or different procedures that we need to uh, uh, comply with. And, and maybe that comes a little bit um, from our DNA here in Iceland. We are really adaptive and agile when it comes to um, managing different scenarios. Uh, being brought up in the nature here in Iceland, we have to be... Uh, We, we have to tackle earthquakes and uh, volcanic eruptions. Uh, um, and if you remember, you probably remember the Eyjafjallajökull uh, volcanic eruption that happened back in 2010, where sadly most of Europe's airspace was just closed for, for days and weeks. But uh, like, for example, the Keplavik airport, it was operational the whole time here in Iceland. Really? Yeah, during the whole time, the uh, operations were ongoing and... and I think it comes just from our, yeah, maybe it's the DNA or, or the background from, from being Icelandic. Uh, we're quite adaptive to uh, different needs and, and different scenarios. And, and this is absolutely something that we keep in mind when we're developing, that the systems, they need to be, we need to be able to uh, respond to different user needs. So that is absolutely something that we uh, have in mind when designing. I really like that idea and that concept of the the local life and the influence of, of nature going so deep that it goes into, into ATM systems. So you also have, uh, besides the ATM system, I guess you have uh, simulation capabilities, right? Yeah, so we provide Isavia ANS as well with uh, all types of different simulators. So we can uh, supply simulators for approach tower and, uh, and route training. Uh, we also have uh, It actually started as a summer project here because we had the 3D views from the tower simulator and, and we were just wondering what else can we do with this uh, all this data and all this uh, technology that we have. And we uh, created this driving simulator. So now you can actually familiar, familiarize yourself with driving around an airport uh, within the tower simulator. So it's The side product is a, is a driving simulator of how to drive at an airport. So, uh, so that's something that we also try to um, uh, be innovative when it comes to new um, operational ideas for, for our products. But yes, we do have simulators and we also have uh, solutions for small to medium sized towers. That's a solution that we call ARIES. It's mainly... Um, um, a weather observation system and uh, a lighting control with some monitoring of navigate. So uh, very suitable actually for for small to medium-sized airports. I just realized I, I forget to ask you um, how large is town systems actually? How, how many people are working there? We Currently we are 70, um, but we have operations. Uh, so mainly here in Iceland, we're headquartered here, but when we then we have a, a subsidiary in, in uh, Hungary 
So we have a, a few people working in Budapest. Uh, but now after, I think, and mainly after COVID, we, we got used to working kind of from everywhere. So we are now uh, are also adding staff located in, in Poland and in Sweden. We used to have one in Switzerland. This actually makes it capable for us uh, to um, employ people from, from all around. And, and we're quite proud that I think it's around 30% of, of the employees are, are actually uh, not born here in Iceland. But we've been so uh, lucky to be able to uh, hire people with different backgrounds and, and then a mainly background from the industry. But also we are uh, taking capabilities from, for example, the gaming industry. So when it comes to the, the modeling part of the 3D simulator, we are actually using technology from, from the gaming side because there they have like excelled in, in 3D graphics. So we're also open to that, to, to bring new um, capabilities to the system to the systems that we're developing and and, uh, and making sure that we take the best of all worlds or, or what <laughs> from everything that's uh, available out there. And, and yeah, so we've been so lucky to be able to uh, hire a lot of talent from, from um, all around. It looks like you have a really, really fresh mindset. So that's really, that's really nice to still be, be young in, in your mind. Now I'd like to, to shift the, the scope a bit of the discussion. One thing that's always almost shocks me when you look at pictures from uh, Madrid or now Geneva, we are still unfortunately um, white old male industry. And I'm, I'm really happy to see people like you um, being in that industry for, for years. I mean, basically your whole career in, in aviation, ANS or, or turn system. And the question for me is always, what can we do or what could we do to make this industry more diverse and more open to non-whites, non-males and non-old, if possible? That's a very interesting uh, question. Uh, and, and those are your words, not mine, although uh, I agree up to a point. <laughs> um, I, I think this is changing a little bit. Uh, at least that, that's my hope, that we will be able to uh, attract a new talent to the industry. And, and as I mentioned earlier, we are attracting talent from the gaming industry and from other industries as well. Um, I think we need strong role models, for example, uh, for, for example, people that are choosing the industry that they want to, to work within. Um, I mean, and I just want to thank you also, Vincent, for, for this opportunity. And, and as I have seen throughout your, your podcast, it's not only middle-aged white male that you that you're uh, bringing to the podcast so uh, so that's one aspect of it just make the women in the industry more visual or, or visible and um, and and uh, yeah educate young talent that this is a fantastic industry there's just so much happening in this domain and uh, so many possibilities of uh, exciting careers. So um, I think we just all need to uh, help each other out here and, and uh, make sure that the, the message is, is uh, available for, for young people that are, are looking into uh, their careers. Well, thank you for your kind words. We are really helping and, and trying to um, maybe not balance, but at least have... Um... 
uh, female guests, but it's it's real hard to be honest when we when we look at the the people that are that are available and that can that can contribute. And we also look um, here at Fox ATM what we can do for for that. What would be your message personally if you could maybe speak to a young adults that are on the the point of choosing a career? What would you tell them? I would tell them about different opportunities within the domain. I, I mean, it's obviously the air traffic controllers. Uh, I know that women make fantastic air traffic controllers. Uh, then it's also there are so many supporting roles. For example, with the within the technological part of, of the domain, uh, there are so many exciting uh, possibilities to come in as a developer, as a quality manager, or as a project or, or program, or even product manager, being a, an ATM specialist, and and there are so many different. Um, aspects to this domain and uh, so many paths that people can actually follow. Um, I, I think it's when at least when I look at the universities here in Iceland, we could do a better job of just promoting the industry as a whole, especially here in Iceland, as we are an island uh, far away from, from most other countries. Aviation is extremely important for this uh, nation. And I think we should do a better job in just promoting the air traffic control aspect of it, because everyone knows when you're entering an airplane that you think about the, the flight attendants, you think about the pilots, and, and, and those are the people that you're thinking about if, if you are safe in the air or not. But majority of making or securing that aircraft are safe in the air, that comes for the air traffic controllers and, and the products that are supporting their operations every day. And every night, it's twenty-four-seven, of course. That, that's very true, indeed. Um, and I, I really hope we will go towards more inclusion and more diversity, even more over time. And now, to to finish, I'd like to ask you our standard signature question: How do you see the evolution of ATM within five years from now? And then to open the door to times where we will both be retired in fifty years from now. Okay, let's start with the five years question. It's an easier one. Um, I know that turn systems will have an impact on this market uh, within the next five years. And, and I'm seeing that uh, the dominance that currently the big companies in this domain have over smaller ones, I know that is going to change. And we are going to change it with uh, more standardization. So, uh, the current situation where the ANSPs and airports are, are locked in uh, in a position where they have one uh, major supplier of all systems, um, I know that we are going to change this. It's going to be uh, an attractive environment for, for new um, companies to enter the market because we need that. We need more innovation and we need things to happen faster than, than what we've seen for the past 10 years. And uh, I think we should all help each other out in changing the, the domain to make it a, a, a more innovative um, environment where new companies can enter and they can um, demonstrate new solutions to, to older problems. And, and I, th I think and I hope that we will see that in five years' time that we will have... Um, 
new technology coming from new entrepreneurial spirits um, and that we will give them a chance. I really do hope as well. I mean, we need some change and we need to, to keep things safe as well, for sure. Uh, the 50-year question, that's, uh, that's quite a, a challenging one. I must say, I hope that we won't all be uh, closed off in some virtual environment in, in 50 years, just locked or, or, or just staying in our, our own rooms and um, houses and, and, and experiencing the world in a virtual environment. Uh, I hope that we will still be traveling and we will be experiencing new cultures and new destinations um, and, and probably we, the, the, the technology will be totally different. There will be way more automation. Um, not sure if there will be any air traffic controllers or any pilots. Um, maybe it will just all be um, automatic. Um, but, but I really hope that we will be able to continue meeting people in person and, and going to new places, not only in a... In a uh, virtual environment, but uh, in person, as I said. That, that's a really nice wish, and actually, I, I share it a lot. I don't want um, to be just sitting somewhere with glasses and and looking at at mini screens in front of my eyes. Celia, thank you very much for being our guest today. Um, thank you. I can, only, I can only encourage the audience to visit turn.is, T-E-R-N.is, uh, or turn.systems um, on the internet. Thank you very much and see you soon. Thank you, Vincent. It was a pleasure being here with you today. Thank you for listening to Radar Contact. Visit foxatm.com or your favorite podcast platform for more episodes. Feel free to let us know if you or someone you know would like to share a topic with the air traffic management community. Frequency change is approved.